I'm Bob Cudmore, and this is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5, and heard now on two North Country radio signals, 1410 AM and 96.9 FM. Joining us is Craig Apple, the sheriff of Albany County. I wanted to ask you first about a story that's been in the news and different things happen every day. So we are recording this on Wednesday. So I hope, well, we'll we'll see. There could be some change in the story, Mm -hmm. but it has to do with an Albany immigrant. Um, Pardon me if I get the name wrong. Camino Ngoran? Camino, yes. Camino Ngoran. Mm -hmm. He was jailed by federal immigration officials. He is an undocumented immigrant been working as a cook at the Capital City Rescue Mission. What has happened to him? So obviously we know our immigration system in this country is totally a mess and it needs it's in dire um, it's in dire need of reform. This individual came into the country seeking asylum a number of years ago. He worked in a mission in New York City. He eventually came up here to Albany Mission, mm-hmm. and he uh, works with um, Pastor Perry Jones every day, and he cooks about 800 meals a day. Mm-hmm. He's been checking in with ICE regularly. He's been doing everything they've asked him to do. In fact, they asked Pastor Jones to mentor him. Um, he recently – well, I shouldn't say recently. Two years ago, he got married, and they are waiting for a document to come forward. He went up there, checked in with ICE, and they detained him and shipped him to my jail eventually and then over to Batavia within a day. Um, Basically said it's time to go. This is an individual that came into the country. Um, He's trying to do the right thing. He's paying taxes. He has a job. He is doing everything he needs to do to live the American dream. And they just like that pulled the carpet from underneath him and shipped him to Batavia away from his wife, cut him off from everybody. So we've been fighting. We want him back. And it's not right. And – Listen, there are immigrants in this country that are hiding from the government. They're mm-hmm. you know, taking jobs from others, you name it. This is not that case. This is a case that you know, every case needs to be looked at individually. This is not another one-size-fits-all approach, and that's how they're treating it. And Camino is a good man. His wife is a good person, and he needs to be returned. And we recently had a hearing in Rochester. Um, I think we're getting close. Mm. Now, did, before this happened, I mean, did you know him beforehand? I knew who he was. Um, we do. We drop a lot of food at the mission, and that's how I found out. Pastor Perry Jones did not go crying out for help. Um, I happened to know somebody who had um, a local distributor who had literally 6,000 pounds of meat that he was looking for a home for. So we reached out to the pastor. He said he could take it all. And um, – when I talked to him, he was telling me he's a little upset over, you know, ice. He went up with he went with him, and um, he said he just he's never seen anything like it. Hmm. Now, why did they take him out of the Albany County Jail? Do you think it's personal in connection? With um, you? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, he was there a short time. I was able to allow his wife in to see him quick, and they moved him um, within hours out to um, Batavia, five hours away, four hours away. Um, I don't. I don't really know. Um, but it, again. This this is this is a disgrace, and you need to start. What happened in this country? Where when did we just start looking at people like numbers instead of human beings? And that's what's happening here. Mm. And uh, again, this is not a one size fits all. You need to look at these cases individually and have more of a pragmatic approach. And you were the first, I believe, to raise the hue and the cry. But other uh, local uh, politicians have. Uh, as yeah, well. yeah, we've been working closely with Congressman Tonko's office and um, 
the mayor and a couple of assembly members, um, the county executive McCoy, he came out. Um, you know, everybody I think agrees that you know this is a bit of an atrocity and this needs to be fixed. And and again, this is an individual who's doing the right thing. He's trying to build and live his dream here in America, and he's trying desperately. He's filing documents. He's paying you know money every year. He's being mentored. Um, what happened? And then all of a sudden they pulled the carpet out. And I, to me, that's just wrong. We're talking with Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple. Uh, something completely different, winter weather. Uh, a man in New Scotland fell in his driveway, wasn't found for several hours. And you issued a kind of an advisory to, to us to take care of yeah. each other in the winter. Yeah, this is something we do routinely with um, hot weather, um, cold weather, um, snowy weather, um, icy weather. Just, you know what, um, everybody's busy, but just take a second and go check on your neighbor, especially if they're elderly. Here's a situation where the gentleman lives, he's got a pretty lengthy driveway, he lives up in the, um, up in the mountain, and um, nobody had heard from him, and a, another friend tried to get over to see him, found him laying next to his truck where he had fallen on the ice, mm-hmm. hit his head, he was bleeding from the head, and he had been down for at least three and a half hours. Um, we couldn't even get an ambulance up to him. We had to go back to the station, grab one of our pickup trucks with a plow on it, and plow the driveway to get the ambulance up. So it's just something to keep in mind, you know, when, um, when the weather is bad, you know, take a second and, um, and check on your neighbor. Mm. Let me ask you about the pending lawsuit. I'm sure you know what I mean. A federal lawsuit's been filed against you and employees at the Albany County Jail alleging beatings and solitary confinement against several inmates who previously had been held at Rikers Island Jail in New York City awaiting trial. Uh, Can you comment on this case? Well, I can't really comment on it. Um, I'm a little disgusted over it because it's just filled with a lot of um, unfactual information. But um, I think the truth will come out down the road. So that's really all I can say at this point. Does the Albany County Jail customarily use solitary confinement? We don't have solitary confinement. That's part of the case. There's, it's filled with a bunch of information that just isn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have solitary confinement. And what about uh, body cameras? Do correction mm-hmm. officers have body cameras? No, they do not. We have cameras all over the jail. Um, you know, and we try to we, I would hope every area is covered, but we're not sure. Um, sometimes you don't find out until after an incident occurs. But um, we are actually in the process right now of purchasing body cameras um, for the entire department. Okay. Um, there was a, a case involving a, a heroin brand, I guess you'd say, called Kiss of Death, a female inmate at the Albany Jail charged with possessing heroin uh, which is said to be consistent with the deadly gray death heroin that led to an inmate overdose death at the jail last December. I mentioned the powders being tested. Yeah, we're 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 um we're testing it, but um, this gray death is bad stuff. It's nothing more than heroin, fentanyl, and a bunch of other basic drugs that they mix in. It's crazy, and it has a grayish a grayish uh, appearance, and that's why they call it gray death. Um, similar to a drug that was hit in the Berkshires a while back called pink um, that had a pink appearance, so they called it pink. Um, this stuff is just a deadly cocktail, and um, to think that people are taking it knowing that it could t- um, take their lives is just its crazy, but that's the power of, um, that's the power of addiction. Not, not knowing a great deal about these things, is it dangerous, let's say, to a correctional officer just to touch yeah. it? Um, it is. It's bad. It's bad for everybody to touch it. And, you know, again, um, we're in the process of purchasing equipment at the jail that will be able to detect any contraband coming in. 
Um, but it's necessary at this point because people coming into the jail, uh, this is what they'll do to feed their addiction. Anything, you know, they'll secrete it inside them and get inside, take it and, and overdose and normally die. Again, something completely different. New Year's Eve, there was a drop in a DWI arrest on New Year's Eve. Why do you think that happened? Again, it's the power. Um, it's it's tough to say. I really don't have answers for that. But it's, um, you know, it's it's a tough time we're in right now. And we got to continue to prevent and make people aware and educate and hopefully put an end to it. Joining us is Craig Apple, the sheriff of uh, Albany County. Let me ask you about reducing recidivism, which, uh, well, well, first, tell us what recidivism means. Okay, so this is uh, something that's near and dear to me. We've been working on this for eight years, and we've done a very good job at it. Um, recidivism is basically when somebody comes to jail and um, gets out. Let's just say they do six months, and they get out, and they're out for 20 days, 30 days, and they commit another crime and come back, hmm. and then come back. Um, that recidivism number is what jails look at. What is your recidivism number? A, a typical county recidivism is around 42 to 45 percent. Um, we've hovered around that mark, but we're slowly dropping, um, and our count is dropping. Our daily census has been going down um, each year at a really good rate. And that everybody wins then. That means people are learning their lesson. That means they're correcting, they're correcting their behavior and getting out and doing the right thing, getting a job, paying taxes, doing everything they should do, everything that we do. So we start new programs all the time to um, – our, our goal is to continue to drive that recidivism down. When you do that, you need less correction officers, less maintenance, less food, less pharmaceuticals, less medical, and your overall operating costs drop exponentially. But re- recently, uh, an Albany Law student is working on this at the jail? Yeah. So I, um, I've got several projects going with um, Professor Rogerson at Albany Law. Um, she runs the immigration clinic, and you know all the immigration work we've done. Um, but we also started talking about other I- initiatives where we can work together to reduce that recidivism. And one of their law students um, created this um, – Reentry manual, which is nothing more than a huge resource manual to get assistance when you get out. So I started thinking, you know what, why do we worry about when they get out? Let's worry about while they're in and getting them the assistance then. So the day they get out, they know what they need to do as opposed to get out and then go looking at what they need mm-hmm. to do. For instance, if you want, to, um, if you want housing assistance or uh, food benefits, it takes 45 days. So you get out on, let's just say, February 1st, you're not going to get that to the you know, first or second week of March. Well, what do you do in the meantime? You commit mm-hmm. another crime and go back to jail and drive mm-hmm. that recidivism up. Right. So we worked, worked out a deal with, state, with the state where 45 days prior to the release, they can file that paperwork. So they day, the day they get out, they can go down and look at social services and show them all their information. The other issue, maybe it's identification. Maybe you don't have, um, you don't have it. You've been living on the streets. You don't have any ID. The law students will work with you to go get you identification. Maybe it's housing, could be food, could be domestic violence. We're going to interview you the day you come in, and the day you come in, start working with you on preparing you to not come back. Mm-hmm. How do you get the inmates to t- take advantage of this? I mean, it's, isn't it up to them, basically? It's really, yeah, I can't force them. Um, it's up to them, but do you want to spend the rest of your life in and out of jail, or do you want to get out there and live a life like everybody else lives? And uh, I've had people come up to me that have thanked me for some of these programs when they've done 40 years, 40 years in and out of jail. Mm. And now here he is in his 60s, and he's finally getting an opportunity to live. So, I mean... You're not going to save everybody, but if we can cut that number down, you know, we're ahead of the game. Some of us learn 
more slowly than That's others. That's right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, you had made a passing reference to the immigrants in the jail. Is the Albany County Jail still holding immigrants without documents from other parts of the country? I think um, as of um, February 5th, we had two or three left. They had taken them all out. Actually, at one point over the weekend, we had zero. Really? Um, and then a couple more came in. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't expect to have them back because um, we're doing we're, we're doing a lot of good things in the jail, and I don't think they're going to send them back. But who knows? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I hope they prove me wrong. So right now you don't have any or many. I have a couple. I have couple. like two or three. Uh, um, and so are the is the program to help them still going on? Or well, that- it's you know it's dwindled. We're dealing with the couple that we have, but um, yeah, I mean it's something we're going to continue. And um, we also have a couple other plans coming up um, that hopefully I'll talk about the next time we get here. All right. Um, let, let me ask you about the Choices program in Altamont. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's uh, a program to educate young people about drugs and alcohol. Yeah, Choices is something that a dear friend, Ed Frank, started years ago after his son passed away. And his son was also a police officer. Ed's a retired police officer. He's a marvelous man. And he started this pro- um, program called Choices 301. 301 was his son, Ed's badge. And um, basically he has a building that has some um, – has a little jail cell in it and it has some horrific pictures of accidents from alcohol-involved accidents and drug-involved um, drug accidents. And it has some crushed cars on the property. The Stewart vehicle is there from um, the Shenandoah kids that were killed a few years back. Mm. Um, and usually we bring schools out and we talk about – you know. The devastating effects of that one horrible decision to have a few beers that night and drive or maybe smoke some marijuana and drive your car. And, and um, we have victims come down and talk to the kids in hopes of you know, really letting them know you, you, you're not only going to ruin your life, you're ruining the lives of other families that are out there. It's a great program. And this is just in Altamont or set up? Um, it's in Altamont. Um, that's where our building is that um, Jeff Thomas um, donates that building to us every year. And um, I think we pay a dollar. And um, – it's been running for years and years, and Ed recently retired, and we took it over full time probably about three years ago. But he still kind of dabbles with it a little bit. He's he's a remarkable person. Mm. Uh, you uh, mentioned various uh, initiatives at the jail, and let me ask you about one that the one that has to do with the drug abuse itself and the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jail, I understand, is expanding its program to treat inmates with opioid addiction by using other chemical by using medicine. Yeah, well, this is something that I was long, um, long against. Um, we have a Vivitrol program. I thought that was enough. Oh, what was that? Vivitrol. Vivitrol is a non-narcotic and mm-hmm. um, it, uh, keeps, it blocks the opioid receptors and the alcohol receptors. So you can't get drunk. You can't get high. Um, and we have that and it's paid for. It's donated to us. We do not waste um, any taxpayer money on it. So um, over the course of the last few years since this epidemic has been so bad, People have been showing me evidence-based data showing how Suboxone, um, Naltroxone, uh, Methadone, some people can't detox without medication. And it's kind of somewhat – it's almost mean. It's it's inhumane to watch them detox and not give them any assistance. Hmm. And that's what we're doing now. We've got medical-assisted treatment. Um, again, it could be Suboxone, could be a buprenorphine, could be naltrexone, and we have, have a partnership with Catholic Charities, Department of, State Department of Health, OASIS. Um, it's a huge collaborative effort to um, get people off of this mess. Hmm. 
But how do you get them off the drug that you're using? Because that's a synthetic and you slowly wean them off it. You just start lessening, 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 done. And that works? It works in many. I mean, again, you're not going to save everybody. But if we can save a couple out of 10, two out of 10, three out of 10, four out of 10, we're winning the war. Hmm. Another thing on the drug front uh, is that it's widely expected that New York State will legalize recreational marijuana mm-hmm. this year. Is this a good idea? Well, here's the problem. Um, again, I was hoping that, um, much like other laws that have been enacted, I was hoping that some of the stakeholders would have a seat at the table. Let's get the district attorneys at the table. Let's get the chiefs and the sheriffs at the table and talk about some of the harmful effects of this. Listen, I'm all for the decriminalization of it. I, you know, that's that's a long time coming. But to just say, you know, recreational marijuana is is um, going to be fine. Let's talk about what's going to happen on our roadways. You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the gateway drugs. People say marijuana is not a gateway. I could debate that all day because I have young kids that I work with every single day who got started on opioids by using marijuana. Mm. So I know there's a lot of people out there that are listening going, ah, it's not a gateway, but I can prove that wrong in a New York minute. Mm. Um, And the subject of what about, uh, let's say, the motor vehicle laws or or motor vehicle safety with people using Mm -hmm. Uh, marijuana more openly or something Well, like I mean, you could be arrested now for using marijuana if the officer suspects he has reasonable um, um, suspicion to believe that, you know, your ability is impaired. He can call for what's called a DRE, a drug recognition expert. He puts you through a series of tests. And then at that point, it's um, it's his decision whether your ability is impaired or not. A, we need, we're going to need a lot of them. Yeah. We're going to need a lot of them. Okay. And B, I mean, we, these are things that we need to talk about, and we're not. It's just the legislature saying, you know, we want to do this. You know, we want to jump on the bandwagon. Again, I'm, I'm all for the decriminalization, but let's just do it the right way. Hmm. Also, um, well, this has to do with criminal justice. Mugshots. Governor Andrew Cuomo is proposing that police no longer release mugshots and arrest information to the media. There's been a lot of pushback from the media. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Right. Um, you know what? I, I have. I really don't even have an opinion on this. Um, but what you are going to run into, or you're, you're going to end up with secret arrests. You yeah. know, you'll have no idea. Um, I don't know what brought this up. I have no idea. But I mean, well, this well is he said just, that it's because some people use these mugshots to kind of like blackmail people. You know, they're they're posted online and say, well, we'll take it down if you pay us a little money. I've never seen that. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, I mean, if we make a mistake and we get arrested, the picture goes up. I don't know what you get blackmailed over. If you did it, you did it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's um, – I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to look more into it. I've, I've seen the, um, the argument on both sides, but I just have no idea why they would want to stop it. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with our guest, Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple on Magic 590 100.5. Also heard on two North Country radio stations, 1410 AM and 96.9 FM. Next week's guest will be Albany County Executive Dan McCoy. This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. I'm Bob Cudmore. Bob Cudmore.